Welcome to The Positive Sip, stories about life, leadership, and Mississippi. I'm your host, Dr. Regina Hyatt. This episode, you'll hear a special Mississippi story and my reflections on leadership. So let's begin. Welcome to Mississippi Stories with our Starkville Mayor, Lynn Spruill. Lynn, thank you so much for being with us today on the Positive Sip to talk about your life and leadership in Mississippi. We're so excited to have you today. Well, I'm very pleased to be here and honored, to be perfectly frank. I'm delighted that you're doing this. I love the what's it, Positive Sip. I think that's cool. So excellent, excellent. Good on you. (laughs) Well, we're excited to bring these Mississippi stories that are so impactful uh, to any of our listeners out there. And you, Mayor Spruill, are a Mississippian and Startville is your home. So how has this place shaped you and, and shaped your life? Well, probably in just about every way possible. Uh, I did. I grew up in, in Starkville. I went to Starkville Public Schools. I went to Mississippi State. I did not leave Starkville until I was 21. And so, you know, all, my first 21 years, I was totally a Starkville girl and everything that I am uh, up until then certainly came from from being in Starkville. So, you know, the people here are, are wonderful. I had, a, I had extraordinary parents who both went to Mississippi State. So, you know, we are state bulldogs through and through. And so it, it was a great opportunity for me to learn about higher education, living in a college town that's just not any better than that. So it was extraordinary to, to make sure that higher education is a part of your life and how it impacts the community. And that we see that now in the things that we're doing. You know, the more that we can partner with Mississippi State on things, the better we all are. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And in your life, you have been the first woman to land a plane on an aircraft carrier when you were in the Navy. And you've been mayor of two different towns. (laughs) And of course, you run several successful businesses and have in your, your lifetime what fuels your desire to lead in these ways? And, and what is it that you believe about leadership? Well, what fuels me is just wanting to do things, wanting to be productive about things, wanting to make things work, wanting to contribute in a positive way. And so, you know, all of the things from the public side of it with being a mayor on a, on a couple of occasions, I did not set out to do that. I set out to become engaged and involved in the community. This was in Texas. And I started out serving on a planning and zoning commission. And and then it just, things, you know, things change in your life. And and windows and doors open for opportunity and you either choose to go through them or not. And every time I had an opportunity open up to me that was a challenge, it was something I had never done then I wanted to try it. I wanted to see if it's something I could be positive and good at, something I could contribute through. And it has worked out very well for me. And in this case, I didn't come back to Starkville planning on running for mayor or planning on being involved in local government. I came back to run my business after my father died. And so it just happened that these were windows and doors that opened for me to to look at and see if there was a positive way for me to contribute. And I found that there was, or that I felt like there was. And so I, I did that. And so leadership, I think leadership comes to you in many different forms. Mm-hmm. And you can be a one-time leader, 
for a single instant in a single moment, or you can choose a path that is a little broader and longer and perhaps wider uh, leadership in a public role in particular, or in a, in a corporate role, all of those things. But, you know, moments offer us great opportunity to make a difference. And I think that's where leadership comes in is seeing that moment and seeing that you want to step up to, to make things better in that moment. And again, it can be a very brief time or it can be a much more protracted time. Either way, it's, it's an opportunity to, to make things better. I love that thought and this idea that leadership can exist in in moments and choices that we make and opportunities that may be presenting themselves at a specific point in time. And then also a choice of whether or not we stay in those moments and extend it into something more or something different. I love that thought. In your day-to-day work as mayor, you obviously are working with people across all sorts of political and ideological perspectives and even more kinds of diversity of thought than those two categories. What strategies do you use to help bring people together towards some common outcome or common goal? Well, it is exactly that. It's bringing people together because, you know, while we are all defaulting these days to social media, whether it's the Twitter or, or Facebook or email, you know, that is a, a form of communication and not necessarily social in that it's broad. But, you know, emails can get misconstrued. Letters can get misconstrued. But there's nothing as robust and as impactful as sitting down across the table from someone. And, and we are clearly now in this pandemic having a problem doing that. And so that has been a challenge because there are lots of things where working together makes us better. You know, a single point is never the broadest way to get things done. You know, I always love a regional approach to anything. If we can do it together, I think we're all better off. That's not to say, let me go on, hasten to add that if somebody won't join me, I'm okay with going ahead. But I always like it when people, you know, are willing to work with you on something because it, it gives you certainly a, a lot more valuable information from which you then make those decisions. But collaboration is, I think, the, the thing is, is getting people across the table from one another, seeing where we can find that common ground. And I was actually having this conversation this morning with a group of folks because I was talking about a regional concept that I had in mind as as something I wanted to try to work toward in the next term because I'm going to run for re-election. And and so it is going to come together to try to find a way to bring everybody to the table to do that. And we're all going to want to have something that that benefits us. But at the same time, we can do so and figure out an equitable way to share those benefits. And if there's a way to do that, then that's always the best, in in my opinion. Well, that point is so important, too, because it emphasizes the relational aspect of leadership and whether that's in building coalitions because you want to create an opportunity that will bring multiple people to the table to bring forward this regional opportunity that you just talked to, or just in the kind of the day-to-day that I know you do so well of just being present and making yourself available for those conversations. That relational approach seems to have served you very well both as mayor and then I know in your other endeavors. Well, I appreciate that. And, and I think it's, it is it is important to be accessible. Certainly in a public role, you have that obligation. 
you don't you do not wall yourself off from constituents or people who are interested in your community. You have to be accessible, but also you you have to be open and receptive to new ideas or to even to old ideas or new ways of thinking about old ideas. So all of that plays into how you can be impactful in your community in a positive way and and make sure you've got as many people coming in and participating because that's what government is. It is a participative sport, if you will, to use a a sport analogy. You know, voting is participative. You have to vote uh, to be a part of the community and be heard, or at least that's that's the most important way you're heard. Um, You certainly can, you know, rail at the from the sidelines, but that's not a very good idea. And it's not nearly as significant as if you get out and, and get into it and actually participate in a, in a very proactive kind of way. And, and voting is the very least that we can do, I think, as citizens. But, you know, making yourself known and talking about things before they blow up into, into problems. You know, if you see something, hear something that you're concerned about, before you let it fester, you know, go and talk to people about what it is that seems to be the problem and is there a way for us to resolve it? And I think nine times out of 10, you're going to get there. Or at the very least, you get a respectful, we can agree to disagree on this. Sure, sure. So sometimes folks will have a mantra or a quote that sort of inspires them. Do you have one and what is it and, and why does that resonate for you? I have had many over the years. I I loved literature growing up, and I in particular loved Shakespeare. And so I'm a I'm a lover of the Polonius to Laertes in Hamlet. Okay, you know, it is you know to thine own self be true, and it must follow as the night the day thou canst not then be false to any man. And so that has been a driving sort of background in my head for my entire life. I mean, ever since I, I heard Shakespeare, and actually as a child, I, I, my must give my parents a whole lot of credit and and they aren't with me to hear me, but I have done so over the years. When I was quite young, they gave me some albums. This is back when you had the big 48, right? <laughs> <laughs> they gave me, gave me a phonograph albums. And one of it was a child's guide to literature and the arts. And so on that album was the entire delivery of Polonius to his son Laertes. And, and that one has stuck in my head, among many others, by the way. But that one has stuck in my head over the years. And that particular phrase spoke to me. So... That was that's the one that comes out if somebody asked me that question off the cuff, which you were kind <laughs> enough not to ask it off the cuff, but that's what you would have gotten either way. Okay, thank you for that. Thank you for that. So I'm not a Mississippian. Uh, this is my adopted home now, being here for about five and a half years now. And I think Mississippi is special. Uh, I've lived in a lot of places, and I know you have lived in, in other places as well. I tell people all the time that this is a really unique and special place, both in this community in Starkville, Mississippi State, but more broadly in our state in general. Do you think that's true? And if so, what do you think makes Mississippi special and unique? Well, it it absolutely is special and it is unique. And that's not to take away from anywhere else because they each have their own attributes and, and things that make them special. But Mississippi has a has a warmth and a, I think a genuineness to it that is particularly welcoming. I think, at least I certainly hope that people feel good about being here. That's one of my goals is to make them want to be in Starkville no matter who they are. That This is a place where where we value their 
their presence, their whether they're visiting or or wanting to come to live, which we certainly want everybody to come live. <laughs> but but I think that's part of it. And and Mississippi, I think, is a much warmer state than people realize in terms of hospitality. We are the hospitality state. From my perspective, I, I think that we have proven that in many, in many ways. And while we may end up being 50th in a lot of things that are not necessarily wonderful, we are also, as an example, first in giving. Mississippi is is at the top, at least when I researched it last, which was a couple of years ago, we were the, the top in giving of ourselves and, and donating to causes and uh, nonprofits and that sort of thing. We are the most generous. We may not have a lot to give, but we give the most of what we have. And I think that's an example of how Mississippi is extremely generous and warm in, in accepting of people, perhaps not if people don't see us that way, but when you get into Mississippi, I think everyone is is delighted to have people talk to people, meet them on the streets, say hello. You know, I do that same thing. I'll, I'll go to New York to visit, and and oddly enough, you know, people will speak back to you in New York. Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. But in Mississippi, very rarely will you speak to someone on the street that they won't <laughs> speak back to you. Right. At least offer you a hey, how are you today? Yes. I love that. Yes. What that is one of the great great things about Mississippi. Mayor Spruill, thank you so much for being on The Positive Sip, and thank you for all that you do for Starkville and Mississippi State and this community. Your leadership is truly felt all around our community, so thank you so much for that, and thanks for joining me today. Well, thank you for the invitation. I greatly appreciate it. I look forward to uh, more of these as you do them. And reflecting on the conversation that I had with Mayor Lynn Spruill, she brought up a point about how leadership comes in different forms and specifically how leadership manifests itself in the moment. So there might be a moment that leadership is needed versus sort of a protracted experience of leadership. And this is what I think is broadly referred to as situational leadership. So situational leadership really is what it sounds like, that we lead based on the situation at hand. I think this is really true for a lot of people and particularly for people who have a very flexible approach to how they think about leadership. So in one setting, maybe in a specific organization, they're very much front and center. They're leading all of the activities. They're helping to plan and implement programs. They're perhaps in a formal leadership role, meaning they have a title that's associated with their activities. But then in another situation, say in their friend group or in their family or even in another organization, they take on a completely different role. Maybe they are in a supportive role, sort of on the in the background of the activities of that group or that family situation, et cetera. And I think we all do that to some degree. 
we all have points in time where we play a different role, both in the team context, but also in how we think about our own leadership. Some of that could come because we aren't in a formal leadership role. So we're looking to the people who have titles like president or vice president or director, et cetera, to be providing leadership. And so then we step back from that because we expect the people in those formal roles to be providing leadership. I also think that our leadership can be specific to a kind of situation. So for example, in a crisis situation, we all have what's called a fight or flight response. And this is actually a biological response where our brains, our hearts, our hormones, etc., are telling our body to do something. And it either is telling us to fight, maybe literally, but more often that is referring to our need to respond to something versus flight, which is our body's response to say, oh, run away as fast as you can from something. So in the leadership context, fight or flight also applies and we can be either motivated by that crisis, motivated to take action, motivated to jump in, motivated to try to fix whatever's happening, or our leadership response is flight, meaning we might avoid it, or we might run away from it, or we might pretend that it doesn't exist. And perhaps in in both of those situations, either response could be appropriate. So as Mayor Spruill mentioned in in her examples of her own experiences, she pointed to periods of time in her life where she was providing leadership for a moment and times where she was providing leadership for, again, an experience or a period of time. And I wanted to really think about this idea of situational leadership, because I do believe that we all have the need and the capability of rising to whatever the situation requires. And to the degree that we can prepare ourselves in those various moments to serve the organization or to step back when needed, I think it's important that we recognize that different situations require different responses. And as leaders, It's our responsibility to be flexible enough in our own leadership to meet the circumstance or the situation versus expecting the circumstance or situation to meet us. Thank you for joining us on The Positive Sip. We hope you'll be listening again for our next episode. The Positive Sip is produced and edited by Flora Dito, Carson Brantley, and Katie Corbett.